0: We're back. I know people get pissy at me when I miss one stream. Of course, I have the AEW world champion all upset with me, but uh, look, I'm here now. So it's all good. I apologize for missing the Dynamite stream on Wednesday night. Very uh, unlike me to not be here to talk about AEW on a Wednesday night. Uh, we are going to save the Dynamite review for the Sunday podcast, so we will talk about Dynamite on episode 795 coming up this weekend. Uh I just for the record, thank you by the way all the uh all the comments. I I thought I was actually doing a lot better. So the uh you know the the cold is is much better. Uh but there's something else going on. I thought I was getting better and uh that is not the case. But we are going to get through the stream anyway, and then I will figure out what I what I need to do. Uh cuz I I actually don't feel well at all right now. But we are going to talk about SmackDown, so as long as you guys spend your time with me here on a Friday night, uh, it's all good. Tonight was all about the bloodline. I feel like a broken record saying that every single week. But every Friday night, SmackDown is all about the bloodline storyline. Roman Reigns was not there tonight. Solo Sokoa was not there tonight, but Jimmy Uso was. And as it turned out, Jey Uso was there too, as was the wise man Paul Heyman, who had a very eventful week between his promo with Cody Rhodes on Monday night, and then Paul, of course, uh, back here tonight. We got our answer. It appears we've gotten our answer about whether or not the Usos, both Usos, are going to be allowed into Canada for Elimination Chamber next week. Not only is Elimination Chamber in Montreal, so is SmackDown next Friday. 24 hours before the pay-per-view, they're going to be in Montreal. We know Jimmy Uso, because of his past DUIs, uh, is not allowed into Canada. I was not sure if that was the case for Jay. It appears both Usos will not be there. Of course, it could always be a swerve. And maybe Jey Uso does end up showing up in, in Montreal next week. But as of right now, based on what they did here uh, at the end of the show, it does not appear that the Usos will be in Canada next week, which kind of wreaks havoc a little bit with the idea that I had for how things will go at the end of the pay-per-view. But the good news is that the Bloodline has more than just the Usos. The Bloodline has Solo Solosikos. And so things can still go according to plan, even if the Usos are not there. But they were there tonight. The question was whether or not Jay Uso would show up to help his brother. They were supposed to defend the SmackDown Tag Team titles tonight against Braun Strowman and Ricochet. And at the very last minute, Jey Uso finally showed up. He was there to back up his bro. And we actually ended up with an excellent Tag Team Championship match tonight. No surprise about how that match was going to go. Uh, and at first, I was kind of surprised, frankly, that they... Gave that away here on TV tonight. Uh, having Jey Uso not only show up, but embrace his brother. He was all smiles. It looked like he was back in the fold. Although later on, he told his brother he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure where he stood as far as the bloodline as a whole. But as far as his brother is concerned, he's always there for his brother. So we'll talk about all the bloodline stuff, including a segment involving Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Outside the building. They had. What may end up being their final face-to-face, I can't say confrontation, but face-to-face meeting as kind of, sort of friends. That could be the last time we see that. We also have a new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther was on the show tonight, but he didn't do anything except sit up in the skybox and watch as Rey Mysterio, Karrion Cross, who... Again, it blows my mind, according to PW Insider, is still listed internally on the internal roster as the number two top star on the entire SmackDown brand. He is the number two heel behind Roman Reigns. And you would never know it if you watched the booking on this show. You would think, well, certainly Gunther has to be number two. But evidently, internally, Karrion Cross is still listed in the number two spot, uh, even though he does he, he's not really... Treated like the number two heel on this brand whenever we actually see him on the show. But we had Rey Mysterio, Karrion Cross, Santos Escobar, and Mad Cat Moss. And I will give you one guess as to who is going to Elimination Chamber to challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. And it probably is not who you think. But we'll get into all that. This is your SmackDown review here for Friday, February 10th, 2023. 400 likes is the goal tonight, and I will tell you that the one good thing about being sick this week, and being indisposed, and really being useless to the world, but not wanting to just lay around and do nothing, I had to do something. So I did take advantage of some of the downtime. What I did the other day was I spent several hours revamping Be the Booker. So I've taken some people out, I put some new people in, we've gotten rid of some of the riffraff, some of the uh, poison pills that I put in there. I will tell you that Dixie is no more. I got tired of seeing her face every single week. She would pop up in in the women's Be the Booker. Dixie is dead as far as Be the Booker is concerned. So I have made changes, but I have made another change, which I'm sure many of you will like, which is I have added another element to Be the Booker. Now, this is not something that we're going to be doing every stream. I will tell you that right now. I'm not doing this on every single stream, but I have added a match stipulation be the booker as well that currently has over 30 different match types i've got more match types in be the booker than wwe has in 2k 23 just some fun stuff because i know you guys enjoy that segment if we can get 400 likes on the stream we will do the new and improved be the booker later on tonight uh we kick things off tonight with paul Heyman, who was already in the ring all by himself there were no other bloodline members with him he had the wwe championship over one shoulder he had the universal title over the other shoulder. And I was thinking about this as I as I watched him standing there in the ring tonight. We have seen Paul Heyman, if you add up over the last, I'd say eight years or so, all the time that Paul Heyman has spent on television, standing with Brock Lesnar and standing with Roman Reigns, there is nobody on the WWE roster who has spent more time with those two championships over his shoulder than Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is the true tribal chief. It just so happens that he's part of a different tribe, but a tribe nonetheless. So I thought that was pretty cool. You will not find anybody on this roster who has had those titles over his shoulder on television in the last decade more than that man. It's amazing. So he talked about, as our wise men, that he was here tonight to drop a few pearls of wisdom On us, as he always does. That promo on Monday night was fantastic. And apparently it was the brainchild of Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. They were able to put that together on their own. And what we ended up getting out of it is one of the best promo segments that we've seen in a very long time. So he had some more uh, pearls of wisdom. Oh, that's right, CM Punk. How could I forget? Thank you, EJ. Not only Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, but CM Punk as well. That's right. Although usually he would come out and hold the title up, right? He wouldn't really have it on his shoulder. But I'm telling you, nobody has had more screen time with those top championships than Paul Heyman. A glorified coat rack, that's exactly what he is. He said, ever since he and Brock Lesnar conquered the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania, says he doesn't offer, offer predictions. He gives us spoilers. And he's got a bunch of them for us tonight. So said, the island of relevancy is under a two-pronged attack. Here on SmackDown, it's Sami Zayn, who he called a crazed psychopath. And he said, our first spoiler of the evening was that Sami Zayn is not here this evening. Can you imagine, he said, Sami Zayn, he goes, let's be real. Can you imagine Sami Zayn as your undisputed WWE Universal Champion? And the entire crowd apparently thought so because they cheered. And they started chanting for Sammy. He said, but it's not just on SmackDown that this is happening. He goes, on Monday Night Raw, we have Cody Rhodes. The same Cody who physically backed him into a corner on Monday night. And then he started mocking. He did the mocking voice, uh, repeating some of the things that Cody said to him. He called him a dumbass, said he didn't realize that Dusty Rhodes raised an idiot for a son. He said, these are not just wrestling championships. This is the very plasma. That runs through the veins of the bloodline. It's the air that they breathe. It's the reason for their very existence. It says it's the family crest of the Anawaii and Fatu dynasties. Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber. Cody Rhodes or WrestleMania. Let's be clear, without these titles, there is no Island of Relevancy. There is no bloodline. There is no Paul Heyman. He said without these titles, there is no Roman Reigns. And up from behind Heyman popped the man in the same black hoodie from last week who attacked Roman from behind. It was Sami Zayn. So that first spoiler was incorrect. Sami Zayn was there. Obviously, he got a big pop. So Heyman finally turned around to see what all the commotion was about, and his eyes practically bugged out of his head. Sammy asked for the microphone, which Heyman obliged, and he handed it to him. He told Paul to calm down. He goes, You're sweating. Said, I'm not going to hurt you, but if I wanted to, I could have by now. He goes, don't you think it's a little weird? If I wanted to, I could have dropped you like a bag of dirt. And no one is here to protect you. He says, if this was a month ago, Solo already would have been here. Samoan spiked to the throat. He would have been on the ground. Jimmy Uso would have been here. Super kicks. He'd be down on the ground. Same thing with Jay. But you're here all by yourself. And he says, you know why? He says, Roman Reigns' days as champion are numbered. Now the walls are closing in and everything is crumbling. He said, I left the bloodline. Me. He goes, I left the bloodline. Jey Uso walked out on his own. What do you think happens next? What do you think Jimmy does next? You think he sides with his abusive cousin or will he side with his twin brother that he shared the womb with? I don't know if I would necessarily use that as a rationale. We have had twins here on this show before. I think back to the days of the Bellas when Nikki Bella once told her sister that she wished she had died in the womb. Sometimes things go sideways with twins. They don't always get along. Just wanted to remind you of that classic raw moment. I can't believe they didn't put that in a video package a few weeks ago. He said, what about Solo? How long until that blows over? He says, and even you, Paul, the special counsel, the wise man, the way you look at Roman Reigns, he goes, it's a little weird a little weird, like the sun shines out of his ass. But now here you are talking about life after Roman Reigns. You know what every other member of the bloodline knows? You know it. The bloodline is on its way out. And Paul, I know you're in the business of doing spoilers, so here's one. Roman Reigns has exactly eight days left. Eight days from tonight in Montreal at Elimination Chamber is all that Roman Reigns has left. And Paul Heyman put his hand out the microphone. And instead, Sammy pulled him in close and he said, hey, Paul, tell Roman Reigns he doesn't have to worry about Cody because I am going to be the one to take him down. And so that makes the second time in five nights that Paul Heyman has been left rattled by one of Roman Reigns' opponents. This was not as good as the goal that we mined from the segment with Heyman and Cody on Monday night, uh, but Sammy got his point across. And, you know, he brought up Cody. He did, he wasn't going to endorse Cody in the way Cody endorsed him because he's the one getting the championship match, right? So Sammy isn't so much interested in putting any, anybody else over. Uh, I thought what they did on Monday was masterful. The way that they had Cody bring up Sammy and talk about him. You know, obviously I support Sammy. I look forward to wrestling Sammy. I thought that was very smart. But, again, Sammy got his point across here. Uh... I I would be uh, placing my bets, though, on the other Paul Heyman spoiler about Roman not losing his championships at Elimination Chamber, because Roman Reigns is not losing his championships at Elimination Chamber. No matter how hard people are going to will it into existence, it will not happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun main event next Saturday. It's going to be a hell of a fucking crowd in Montreal. Uh, But there will be no championship change. In fact, one thing to possibly look forward to next week, and I don't know, I don't know that Sammy knows. Uh, I don't know what the status is of this music because the whole thing with CFOs, and I think it might have been a CFOs thing, and they're phasing that out, so I I don't know if they can even use it. Uh, But Sammy was on a podcast, the Sick Podcast. I should have renamed this podcast the Sick Podcast this week. And he was talking about possibly using his old Worlds Apart theme in Montreal next weekend at Elimination Chamber. He said, if it were going to come back, I feel like that would be the time time and place to do it. I've said this in other interviews. I feel like it would be kind of taking a step backward. And that's something that he has said before in other interviews when he's been asked about the old music. Everybody loves the old music. Uh, Well, not everybody, but a lot of people love the old music. And Sammy before has talked about not wanting to go back to the old music. He wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it. He sees it as a step backwards, so he's he's reiterating that point here in this interview. He says, like he says, I think maybe a new song is in the cards. But I feel like that song, even though people have a real fondness for it, uh, it seems like it would be a step backwards. From a character's perspective, it just feels like uh that's what it would be. At the same time, doing it for a one-night thing in Montreal might be cool. I don't know. Now, Drew McIntyre heading into Clash at the Castle was I mean, he was not beating around the bush. He was flat out teasing uh, the return of Broken Dreams, which they ended up using part of Bro- Broken Dreams as, as uh, part of his entrance uh, for his match with Roman Reigns. This this comes off to me. I don't know if he was, he might have been asked that question by somebody. I don't think he brought it up himself. Uh, and it comes off like he just doesn't know. And again, I don't know what the status of that music would even be as far as the whole CFOs thing is concerned. I think it would be cool. For him to come out to that music. I think it would be great at WrestleMania when he and KO win the tag team titles. To play Worlds Apart. Instead of his new music. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. He, he wasn't teasing it so much I think as he was just giving his honest opinion on it. Speaking of Drew McIntyre. He was up next. We had Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Taking on... Hit Row, everybody's favorite tag team. They are lighting the world on fire. They're lighting the world on fire on Friday nights. Didn't you hear? Hit Row, man. We got Top Rope Dalla. We got Ashanti the Adonis. We got b I mean, they have been the MVPs of this show. All right, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm just, how many times can I possibly fuck with you people? So McIntyre threw Ashanti the Adonis around for a little bit before top rope Dalla took 25 beats to the chest from Sheamus on the apron. Sheamus then set up for the broad kick to Ashanti because top Dalla was actually never tagged in. So flop Dalla tried to run interference. He ate a Claymore kick. (laughs) Drew saw him coming because he's not that fast. So he cut him off with a uh, Claymore. And that cleared the way for Sheamus to deliver the brogue to Ashanti the Adonis for the win. Now, Hit Row was already on death row, pretty much almost from the day that they were brought back. These guys had been on death row, but this was, this, this was a worse burial, as bad or worse, than the one that they gave to Baron Corbin on Raw Monday night. And I thought maybe that was going somewhere, that maybe JBL was going to bring in another protege, and I I even floated the idea of Cameron Grimes, and maybe they get something going there, like a team thing. Evidently, JBL is done as a character. (laughs) They just had him go on TV and bury the shit out of Baron Corbin on Monday night, and I don't know that they have any real follow-up plan for it. But this burial was as bad, if not worse, because this match was nothing. I mean, you blinked and you missed it. I don't know that they got a lick of offense in here. So the gravesite is filling up quickly for Triple H. He's digging a lot of graves here, it looks like. I'm not talking about Corey. After the match, while Sheamus and Drew were celebrating in the ring, they aired a Viking Raiders video on the big screen that ended with Valhalla saying that next week it is destiny. And uh, unfortunately for Hit Row, I think we all know where they are destined to end up. Remember, we're heading into WrestleMania season. It's almost that time of year. Backstage, Jimmy Uso is leaving a voicemail for his brother, Jay. Told him to call him back when he got the message. uh, Because they have a tag team title match scheduled for later tonight. So he'd like to know if his brother is going to show up or not.
1: A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Then we got Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans one-on-one against Cameron Harris. Wade Barrett said that he had it on good authority that Lacey updated her combat uniform. This was, of course, if you remember her last match. It uh, wasn't last week. Right? It was a few weeks ago when her, the heel of her boot ripped off. In the middle of the match. So she just finished the job and ripped the whole thing off. And I just thought to myself, what goodwill did she pick that up at? So this week there were no wardrobe malfunctions. Top or bottom. It all worked out. She got some new gear. So she punished Harris for a little while before hitting the woman's right. Locking on the Cobra Clutch for the submission. There was really nothing wrong with this. Other than the fact that I thought it was weird they gave us back-to-back squashes. Hit Row match was a total squash, and they go right from that to this. So that was a little strange to me. I don't have any issue with them doing squashes on these shows, as long as they don't overdo it. Uh, I think squashes can be good for character development, uh, showing off you know one's moveset if they're debuting or if they're returning. So there's definitely a value in doing squashes on these shows. Uh, I just think it was questionable to put these back-to-back like this. So to the back where Paul Heyman was with Jimmy Uso, who still could not get a hold of his brother. Heyman wanted to know what happened earlier when he was out in the ring and the ginger psychopath was threatening him and nobody from the family, which really would only be Jimmy because there was nobody else around. Uh, None of the other members were there to help him. Jimmy said, he pointed to his phone and said, you know, my dog, I've been trying to get a hold of my brother. So." He then had an idea, and he smiled. In case Jay doesn't show up tonight, he asked Paul Heyman, he goes, you know, you could watch my back. So he's floating the idea that Paul Heyman could be his partner, which Paul agrees is a terrible fucking idea. And he told Jimmy that you're going to have to go it alone out there. And Jimmy said, my brother will be there. I assure you, my brother will be there. This is one of those little things where, it's not a big deal, but it is one of those little things where you know, a few weeks ago on Raw wasn't that long ago, for, for crying out loud, right? It was before the Rumble, but, you know, in the past month or so, we had that tag team match where the Usos were defending the tag team titles against the Judgment Day. I believe that was the match, right, on television. And Jimmy Uso got an injury during the match, and he was being carried to the back. And Adam Pierce came out and said, well, Jimmy can't go. You guys are going to have to forfeit your tag team titles. And Sami Zayn spoke up and said, look, I'll stand in his place. And Adam Pearce had to be convinced, and ultimately he allowed it to happen. So in that situation with this very same team, Adam Pearce was ready to strip them of the Raw tag team titles. Because we only had one Uso. But apparently tonight, it would have been perfectly fine for Jimmy to go at it alone. And it's not like Adam Pearce is running Raw and there's another person running SmackDown. It's the same fucking guy. So it's just one of those little inconsistencies. Uh, I would not read anything into Solo Sokoa not being there to step up and be his partner because if Solo Sokoa was there, the story they told tonight with Jay just doesn't work. Which is why he wasn't on the show. So after a break, Adam Pierce, speak of the uh, the bald devil, Adam Pierce was there. And Adam Pierce was in the back with Sonya Deville, who was very upset that she is not on this Elimination Chamber pay-per-view next weekend. Chelsea Green showed up asking for the SmackDown manager so that she could file a complaint against the Raw manager. Adam Pearce said that it's me. Same guy. All shows. And she claimed that she has uh, facial amnesia. She asked if she was, uh... She actually looked over at Sonya and said, yeah, or or, uh... I guess she looked at Pierce, but she wanted to know if he was discriminating against her. And then she looked over at Sonya and said something, and Sonya didn't want to have anything to do with her. So Pierce said that instead of filing complaints, you both want special treatment. Around here, if you want to earn opportunities, you have to win them. So he had an idea. The idea was that the two of them would be a tag team for a match later on tonight against two of the women in the Elimination Chamber match next weekend, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. So we had a a tag team match set for later on in the night. Braun Strowman and Ricochet against the Usos. Not for the undisputed tag team titles, but for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. 572 days and counting for the Usos as the tag team champions. Jimmy came out by himself. Samantha Irvin was about to introduce Jimmy alone when he stopped her, and he pointed up into the crowd. And up the stairs in the crowd was Jay Uso, who had his Raw tag team title, and he had his SmackDown tag team title. And the people cheered, and he came down, and he got into the ring, and he hugged his brother. So the Usos were united, and then they took us right into a commercial break. Jay worked over Ricochet for the first half with Jimmy, until Ricochet finally landed a springboard crossbody for some separation. And he made the hot tag to Braun Strowman, who ran wild on both Usos. They did the spot, which is which has been their finish in the tag team matches they've done, where Braun will get Ricochet up on his shoulders. And they'll walk over to the opponent. Ricochet will then do a senton off of Braun's shoulders uh, onto the opponent. So they did that to Jimmy. Jay, though, pulled his brother out of the ring. Actually, he pulled Ricochet. He pulled Ricochet out of the ring. And Braun Strowman couldn't believe it. They had the tag team titles won, uh, but at the very last moment, Jey Uso saved the titles. So Braun is stunned, and then he gets up, and he's got this crazy look in his eye, and he's looking at Jey Uso out on the floor. And you can tell that it's coming. You know that it's coming. He exits the ring, and Braun Strowman says, Choo-choo. It is time for the Schrodinger Express over here (laughs) dropping all this money (laughs) on me. Oh my goodness. I just want you to know, I think you rock. I don't mean the rock, a rock, you rock. And I just wanted you to know that. There you go, Paul Hamilton. The Portland pop star. Coming in right as uh, the clown popped up on the screen. We had the Clown and the Super Chat. They kind of came on screen at the same time there. I almost covered up the Super Chat. Hey, Paul, dropping a bomb here tonight. That'll make me feel better. All of a sudden, I feel so much better. Paul, thank you, brother. It says, great to have you back and healthy from the Portland Pops. Well, I am back. <laughs> Got the first half of that right. I am back. Paul, thank you. Paul, Paul's awesome. Paul's good people yes, we had the the Strowman Express. There he is. And he went charging around the ring. He was coming in hot at Jey Uso. When, (laughs) this was actually great. Because at the very last second, Jey wasn't even facing in his direction. But I guess he could tell that this guy was coming in. And at the very last moment, he ducked. And Strowman just went flying over the announce desk. So the Strowman Express... Derailed. <laughs> we had a we had a derailment here on this uh, on this show. Poor Braun Strowman, he didn't get anything but air on that one, so that took Strowman out of the equation. Ricochet followed with a dive out over the top rope onto Jay Uso on the floor. Jay though a little while later made a blind tag to Jimmy. Jimmy was on the ropes with Ricochet. He was trying for a superplex. Jay got up on the apron, he blind tagged his brother. Ricochet did not see this. Ricochet knocked Jimmy to the mat. And Ricochet continued to hit a shooting star press to Jimmy. As soon as he landed the shooting star press and he popped up and landed on his back, Jay Uso was already in midair. Coming off the top rope with the Uso splash landed right on top of Ricochet. And he got the pin. It picked, I mean, the timing on that finish was picture perfect. I love that finish. And I love the match, too. I thought it was an excellent match. Jay Uso gets the pin. The Usos retain their tag team titles. I will say that I thought the, uh, the dynamic was a little weird here in this match because the Usos are the heels. Braun Strowman and Ricochet, it's not like they were booed, but Braun Strowman and Ricochet were the babyface team. The Usos are supposed to be heels. Uh, but the fans were also cheering for the Usos. The fans sounded like they wanted... The Usos to win just as much as they wanted Braun Strowman and Ricochet to win. So it's almost like you had two babyface teams. You know, and the way they did this, you have Jimmy Uso going into this match by himself. Is he going to have to go it alone in a handicap match? And his brother shows up at the very last minute. It was a very babyface-esque thing. And I guess in a way, that's kind of how Jey Uso is being presented right now. And maybe that works to their advantage. Because in the end, when Jey Uso chooses the bloodline over Sammy it'll mean that much more, right? Because now the people want to like Jay. They want Jay to side with Sammy. They want Jay to leave Roman, and they want him to leave the bloodline, not necessarily leave his brother. So in a way, he is kind of a babyface right now, or, or a tweener, you know, at best. So that made the dynamic a little, a little weird here. But after the break in the back, the Usos were walking through the hallway, and Jay told his brother, look, I'm always here for you. You don't have to worry about that. I, I always got your back. Jimmy wanted to know, though, are you in or are you out? That's as far as Roman Reigns and the bloodline is concerned. And on that question, Jay told him, I don't know. I don't know. And he walked off. Paul Heyman, he was hiding behind a column, it looked like, behind Jimmy, a few feet away, like a peeping Tom, peeping Paul. He walks up to Jimmy and says, was that your brother? He goes, did he say anything? And Jimmy said, "Uh, nah, he just left. And Paul smiled like like he believed him and like everything was okay, and then he walked off. Now, I want to skip ahead a little bit. I want to just wrap up the Bloodline segments here and now. A little bit later on in the show, we got a shot of Jey Uso. He was outside the building. He had left the arena. He was walking through the parking lot. He was surrounded by the big WWE trailers, and he ran into Sami Zayn who happened to be standing there waiting for him. He welcomed him back. He said, look, I I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but I know that Roman, uh, I know Roman pretty well. He goes, let's get rid of this clown. Why is he still on my screen? Get out of here. Stroman the clown. He kind of blends in sometimes, you know? I, I mean, he could be there for half the review. I could forget that he's even there. So he says, you know, I know Roman Reigns pretty well, but you know him even better, right? He's your family. You can't imagine Roman forgetting what Jay did at the end of the Royal Rumble. But he also never got the chance to tell Jay thank you for what he did, for not joining in the attack and standing up to Roman and walking out at the Royal Rumble. He wanted to say thank you. He says, they have a chance to do something very big. He said, Roman is going down at the Elimination Chamber. He says, you don't have to go down with the ship. There's a way out for you. And I don't know if you and I are going to have a chance to talk like this again. So I just want to say, I acknowledge you. And Sammy put his fist up for a fist bump. And Jay looked at him and Jay looked at his hand and he said, you better get out of here, man. Sammy said, I'm leaving. But he still had the hand out. And Jay returned the fist bump. You can hear the fans in the building, big cheer. And Sammy walked off. So that was a good segment. I always enjoy the the interplay with Sammy and the different members of the bloodline. Um, You know, again, I I was going to say that I was surprised that they shot the angle that they did. Having Jay come back and all smiles and reuniting with his brother. And they didn't save it for uh, the Elimination Chamber. But we'll get to the final parting shot a little bit later on here. Natalia was in the ring. She said that for the first time in 15 years, Shayna Baszler took her out. She broke her nose, and she saw red. But she saw red in more ways than one. Remember, red equals green. AEW takes that way too far, but red equals green. It's an old expression. She says because Shayna took something from her, she decided to take something from Shayna. And so she got her spot in the Elimination Chamber. She's going to Montreal next week, and she's going to win the Elimination Chamber. She called Shayna Baszler a cheap knockoff version of Ronda Rousey. Next week in Montreal, she's going to win the Chamber, and she's going to punch her ticket to... (laughs) I, I guess she was serious. She's going to punch her ticket to Wrestlemania. Baszler came out. She says she's sick of everybody dismissing her accomplishments. They piped in. I, I had a few people who were at the show tonight who tweeted me and told me they had fun or, you know, some of the stuff was boring. I would love to hear from these people. How many people in the building were legitimately chanting knock off Rhonda at Shayna Baszler when she came out? Because this clearly sounded like piped-in fake chants. (laughs) Maybe some people were chanting it, but not this many people. This was clearly piped in. So now you have the fans chanting, knock off Ronda as she comes to the ring. Baszler got up in Natty's face. When all of a sudden, Ronda Rousey's music in it. We have not seen Ronda Rousey since she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte. Right, many weeks ago. She came out, got in the ring, and started uh, staring at Shayna. And Shayna was staring at her, held her back. When Rhonda went to go make a move towards Natty, Shayna held her back. And then, of course, Shayna turned around. She attacked Natty. And they said it was all a setup. And Ronda and Shayna started uh, attacking Natty. Shotzi ran down to make the save. She did a very poor job. Remind me to never have Shotzi make the save for me. Uh, Because if if that happens, that's not going to end well for me. So they took care of her very quickly, threw her out of the ring. And Shayna held Natty for Ronda so that Ronda could kick her in the arm. And that was it. That was the end of that. So it looks like... Now, Ronda Rousey has talked about wanting to do the tag team thing with Shayna before. It looks like that's the direction we're headed in, that they may be challenging soon for the women's tag team titles. The problem with that, if that is the direction they're going in, I don't know, but it seems that way. If they're going to be challenging for and winning the women's tag team titles, who do they have in the division right now who could believably challenge them? Dakota Kai and EO Sky, Who are also heels, by the way? That doesn't work. Who else is there? You know, we had a match that came up after this with Ronda, or not Ronda, with uh, Raquel and Liv as tag team partners. I could see them building the two of them up as, as a tag team going forward. In fact, I could see that being a WrestleMania match for the women's tag team titles. If they get the titles off damage control before that but you look at the the state of the so-called division and look I have no problem with them sort of demoting Ronda Rousey down the card and not having her challenge for the main title that's fine with me because I thought her her most recent run was fucking terrible but who could believably challenge them even if they called up a team from NXT if they called up and I think Casey and Caden Carter or Katana Chance and Caden Carter are due for a call up from NXT. They just lost their NXT Women's Tag Team titles uh, that they were holding since August. I mean, little Little Katana Chance is going to come up and believably <laughs> challenge Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler for the tag team titles. I just I don't see there being very many teams who could believably challenge them so they can win them. But you're going to be in the same situation that we've had, you know, with the women's tag titles before where there isn't much of a division, there isn't much competition in that division unless they start making more makeshift tag teams. If they win them, I just don't see who can believably challenge them for it. So that's the only problem I see. But if they want to shuffle Ronda Rousey off you know, into the tag team thing and kind of keep her there for a while and put her in that box, then I'm okay with that.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: L.A. Knight was in the back. Let me talk to you. He didn't do much talking tonight. He was in the back with Megan Morant. She said that this was the first time seeing him since the Mountain Dew pitch. Gotta say Mountain Dew. The Mountain Dew pitch black match at the Royal Rumble. And he didn't want to talk about Pitch Black. He didn't want to talk about Bray Wyatt. He goes, that's the past. I'm looking towards the future. And apparently he's looking towards the future to tell us what he's doing next because he didn't say anything else. It's Bane. Hey, Zachariah, thank you for the $20 Super Chat drop. Zachariah Sitchin with the nineteen ninety nine Coming in hot with the Orange Super Chat. Orange like fire. I like it. Orange Super Chat. We got a red Super Chat from Paul Hamilton. I see a lot of orange and red. Those are my favorite colors for the Super Chats. I love it. Yeah, somebody in the chat said that, uh, boy, he looked okay after that explosion of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. Last time we saw LA Knight, he was the recipient of, of an Uncle Howdy flying elbow drop off of a, a scaffold or whatever it was. And then there were flames that shot up. Not a scratch on him. He looked perfectly fine. We didn't see Bray Wyatt tonight. But we saw L.A. Knight. He looked perfectly fine. You know why? Because You know why L.A. Knight didn't want to talk about this? Because he wants to put this bullshit behind him. He doesn't want anybody to remember this pitch black nonsense. He's ready to put it in the rear view and move on to his next feud. And I don't blame him. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Morgan fought out of the heel corner. Sonya clocked Chelsea by accident. Liv got the tag from Raquel, who laid out Sonya with clotheslines, followed by a fallaway slam, or as Scott Hall would call it, the uh, sack of shit. Raquel hit her twisting Vader bomb from the middle rope. Sonya, though, grabbed the rope to break the fall. Sonya made the tag to Chelsea, who did not want in the match, but in she goes. And she got dropped by Raquel with the Tejana bomb. Liv made the blind tag and hit her oblivion finish. And then uh, got a little double-team action here. Not that kind of double-team action. Although it is Friday night. It's a late night on a Friday night, but that's not the the double-team action we're talking about here. We got some double team action here with Raquel power bombing Liv onto Chelsea for the kill shot, and that was the win for the two of them. I actually find uh, Chelsea's Karen character to be uh, quite entertaining. Right, she's only been doing it for a few weeks, but uh, I'm entertained when I see her on TV. I think she is uh, making the most of this character so far, and if she can stay healthy and look, that's always been the issue with Chelsea Green in this company, going back to her days in NXT. Right with the wrist, she was constantly getting hurt. So if she could put that behind her and she can stay healthy, I think that she she may end up being one of the better rehires for Triple H. Even though what she's doing now it's more of a comedy character, she's not winning any matches yet. Uh, I do think, I mean, character wise, I think that she may end up being one of the better rehires for uh, Triple H. So uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Earlier today. Michael Cole was interviewing Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Championship. He said that Charlotte and Rhea Ripley have a lot of history together. Charlotte won the Royal Rumble three years ago, and Rhea said that Charlotte put her in her place. It was back at WrestleMania 36. Charlotte said that three years ago, Rhea picked her because she knew that she was the mountain that she had to climb. So how many, how many words is that for uh, Charlotte Flair? Right? She's called herself the opportunity. Right now She's called herself the mountain. What other words could Charlotte Flair use in her promos to describe herself? Could call her the obstacle. Call her the wall. As she was three years ago for Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley hit the wall. She said that Rhea was young, she was green, and she wasn't ready, so she won. Now Rhea's telling them it's three years later and she's ready. She said, well, she would hope that Rhea's ready, it's three years later. She said there are levels to this. So she was talking about her levels again. There's levels, and Michael Cole wanted to seize on that. He says, is Rhea Ripley finally on Charlotte Flair's level?" Charlotte said that it's going to take more than three years to be on her level. Rhea said that Charlotte put her in her place three years ago. April 1st at SoFi Stadium. Now she's going to put Rhea Ripley in her place once and for all. I don't care how many times they want to drive home the point that Charlotte Flair now is a babyface. And they want to book her like a babyface. Every time she speaks... All I see is a heel. It doesn't matter how hard they try. There are people who cheer for her when she comes out, when she is out there, when she's sitting in the back doing a sit-down interview and she's talking about her opponent and she's describing herself and her 14 times this and her 14 times that. She is a heel. She's a heel. She's a natural heel. Like her father. In many ways. It is notable, I don't know how many of you picked up on this, that in her promo she specifically cited April 1st at SoFi Stadium. Now I think a lot of us probably already figured that the night one main event was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, Some people think it could still be the tag team title match if there is one with Owens and Zayn against the Usos. That's the match I would go with just because it's been built up for so long but it's pretty clear what the main event of night one is going to be. April 1st, it's going to be Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. But the main event of this show was a fatal four-way to crown a new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. I love it. Putting the spotlight back on the IC title. Although I I would not have put this in the main event. I would have had the uh, tag team title match. Now. They immediately cut to a segment in the back with Jimmy. So I guess they, they did it this way for a reason, right? We had the segment earlier with Jay and Sammy. So because of all the other segments, they couldn't put the tag team title match in the main event. So we ended up with this. And this this was good, although this was not as good as the uh, tag team title match. But we had a fatal four-way match with Carrie and Cross with Scarlett. We had Madcap Moss with Emma. We had Rey Mysterio, and we had Santos Escobar. Gunther and Imperium were up in one of the skyboxes. They were way up there watching the uh, the action unfold. There was a great little exchange early on in the match with Rey and Escobar, and we've had this once or twice before. They have found themselves in the same match, uh, and we've seen Rey and Escobar, you know, go at it for a little bit. We, we I don't think we've really had that big one on one singles match yet. Uh but this was fun for what it was. They had a little exchange. Escobar wanted Ray. Uh actually before I even get to that exchange, there was another exchange I love too. So even before that, Ray is down, right? Carrion Cross has Ray Mysterio down. And Escobar sees uh Ray and he wants a piece of Ray. Cross told him, he goes, It's been a while. Nice to see you. And Escobar says, This is me, I'm Lucha. Like, let me have him. I'm Lucha, and Cross tells him he goes. I was Lucha too. Excuse me, and kind of shuffles him off to the side. So never forget, never forget Lucha Underground. Every single man in this match except for Moss was a part of Lucha Underground. Rey Mysterio had a stint there when he left WWE for a while. He was in Lucha Underground, carrying Cross. Of course, he was the White Rabbit. I'm not talking about the Bray Wyatt White Rabbit. He was the Rabbit King. Killer Cross and Escobar was there for uh, quite a while, actually, as King Cuerno. I don't remember if he and Cross would have wrestled each other during that uh, period of time, but uh, I liked a little nod there to their uh, their history in Lucha Underground. Then we had the fun back and forth with Mysterio and Escobar, which should either be a SummerSlam match. SummerSlam is going to be at Ford Field in Detroit, big stadium show. Side of WrestleMania 23, right, they'll probably have 50,000 people in that stadium. That'd be a great place for it, either SummerSlam or WrestleMania next year. We need a program and a big one-on-one match with Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. With Rey putting Escobar over. Escobar ended up on the apron, kicked Moss away. Rey leapt from the ropes onto Moss and crossed on the floor. Escobar followed with a suicide dive. I can't even say onto Moss, if you remember those... King Cuerno uh, suicide dives. He's like a missile. He doesn't launch onto you. He launches into you. He goes through you. So he launched himself into Madcap Moss. And the cameras then cut to Imperium up in the luxury box. Ahead of the final commercial break. After the break, Escobar nailed Ray with the Phantom Driver. Had the match won if Moss did not break up the fall. Escobar got a top rope rana take over on Madcap. And got another near fall. Escobar got sent to the floor. Ray hit Cross with the 619. But then Scarlett tripped up Ray. And that distracted him long enough for Cross to deliver the Cross hammer to the back of Ray's head. Escobar dove at Cross, who did not quite make it over the top rope. So he ended up rolling under the bottom rope instead. In the ring, Moss was on the top, and he had to make a choice. Do I dive out onto the floor, onto Cross and Escobar, or do I hit this leaping elbow drop onto Rey Mysterio, who's down in the ring? And there were a lot of dumb baby faces, right? Thankfully, he was not a victim of dumb babyface syndrome, as I call it, DBS. And he made the right choice. He delivered the top rope elbow to Rey Mysterio, hooked the leg, and he got the pin Mad Cat Moss. Has earned the right to be demolished by Gunther in Montreal at Elimination Chamber next Saturday. I can't really say that this was a surprise to me because when this match was first announced earlier today, and I looked at the four men, I said, Rey Mysterio, he was my pick, but Rey and Gunther, they've wrestled before, right? They've worked together before. The other two guys were heels. And I just I just don't see them doing that. I don't see I don't care how high up in the in the pecking order they have carrying cross, he's a heel. So is Gunther. So I didn't see Karrion Cross or Santos Escobar challenging for the championship. That left Madcap. I thought maybe they would shock people, and that's what they did. So probably the least likeliest choice for most people watching this show is the one they put over. And you know, look, it's Gunther. So I think that he can not not that he can. I'm sure he'll probably give Madcap the best match of his life. Uh but it's a fucking warm up for Gunther, right? For whatever he's doing at WrestleMania, which should be a triple threat with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. So whatever, you know, the match at elimination chamber, like I said, it, it's just it's something for him to do. It puts Madcap in a position to go out there and have a great match even though he's going to lose. And then We'll figure out where to go from here as far as WrestleMania is concerned. So I don't have an issue with that. Uh, Our parting scene, though. The show was not over. Our parting scene. In the back, Jimmy Uso was standing there, and Paul Heyman comes and puts his arm around Jimmy. Or as he called him, hey, Jim. So he puts his arm around Jim, and uh, he said, I was just on the phone with the tribal chief. Because I would have put you on the phone with him, but, you know, the reception in here is not great. Because he's very proud of you, and you're 100% right. Your brother is very loyal to you. Very loyal to you. So he has an assignment from the tribal chief. Because we got this whole thing in Montreal all figured out. He needs the two of you to stay home next week and watch this on television. Because sometimes you see things on TV that you don't see when you're there live. Which is true, I could say that as somebody who's been to many live events, <laughs> there's actually a lot of shit that you miss when you watch it on, uh, well, when you watch it live as opposed to watching it on TV. So there it is, There, there is your apparent confirmation that the Usos are uh, not allowed into Canada. Now, I knew that was the case for Jimmy, I wasn't sure about Jay. I'm still not sure about Jay. I think Jay might be allowed to go, but... You know, based on this, if they're true to their word here and the Usos are not going to be there next week, there's no reason to not have at least Jimmy Uso there, unless both Usos are not allowed into the country. And so the fact that they shot this angle, they did this scene here, and it looks like both Usos are not going to be there, that looks to be the case. Thankfully for them, they have Solo Sokoa. So they could still do an angle here at the end of the Roman reigns Sami Zayn match where Sami Zayn is being beaten down. And Kevin Owens comes out, he makes the save, and we get the big reunion at the end of the show in Montreal, big pop, for the reunion between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It would be better, it would work a lot better if the Usos were there, if Jay Uso was there. Jay Uso is really the key to all this. Uh, if he's not there, I think the angle does, um, it does suffer a little bit. But this could all be a swerve, right? Jimmy's not going to be there. Maybe Jay is going to be there, and they just want you to think he's not going to be there. So I still think there's a possibility that Jimmy Uso could very well end up uh, in Montreal next week. But, just based on this angle, as things currently stand, it looks like that's not going to be the case. Uh, I thought this was actually a pretty mid-show tonight. Just to, uh, to borrow a word from the man who was very upset with me on Twitter, called me a coward... That uh, I was not feeling well and did not do a review on Wednesday. I'm sorry. Like I said, I know people get very upset. You know they want to hear they want to hear good things about themselves, and when they can't, they get very pissy about it. But I thought this was a very mid show, and you had no Roman Reigns, you had no Bray Wyatt, fucking L.A. Knight was on the show, but what did he do? He didn't do anything. Literally, did not do anything didn't really say anything, didn't do anything. So there were a lot of things missing uh, from this show. But, you know, even Gunther, he was up in the skybox. He's sitting up there like a fucking fan. So it it just felt like a very uh, average show at best. It was all about the bloodline, as most of these shows are. And I've said this before, Triple H better have a damn good plan what he is going to do on this show, once the bloodline angle has really run its course and truly is coming to an end, and it may not end at WrestleMania. The bloodline is not necessarily disbanding the week after WrestleMania, right? Or, or, or the night after WrestleMania. But this story is going to be over at that point. Right? The story that we've been watching unfold is going to be over. Maybe, Maybe they can get another... Six months out of this, if they have another chapter of the story, I think it's going to be very difficult to envision what that would be. But whenever it is, whether it's April, whether it's May, whether it's SummerSlam, Triple H better have a plan for what is going to be his feature attraction here on this show or who his feature attraction is going to be, what his number one story is going to be on this show. Because the good news is this Bloodline story has been the best thing going in wrestling. The bad news is... Bloodline stuff has been the best thing going in wrestling, and it has a shelf life. But when it's over, what do you do? What else does he have that can be as compelling as what we've seen with this story? Think about how many Bloodline segments are on this show every week. On this show tonight, there was at least five or six. If you count the Usos match, and the segment with Jay and Sammy, and the segment with Heyman and Sammy, and the segments with Jimmy and Paul at least six or seven segments on this show alone, right? And we get them on Raw. So when this story is over, boy, I don't know. I don't know what this show is going to look like. I kind of shudder, frankly, to uh, to see what this show is going to look like. So a very mid-show. Let's take a look at the uh, Twitter poll, see where we're at. We are under the equator line. Look at this, under 50%, thumbs up, 49 thumbs up for this show, 35% thumbs in the middle, and about 16% thumbs down, so uh, you can go ahead and vote on Twitter, at Salamonster, that is the place to go, you guys already knew that though, you guys know where to vote, All right, there's no, uh, no one's complaining about voter fraud here in these polls. These polls are on the up and up. You know what's not fair? I'll tell you what's not fair. The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location and then has the nerve to raise their prices on you. Yes, they've just raised their prices once again. Now, you could always cancel your subscription and protest, but Netflix has a lot of great content. So instead, you could be smart about it and make sure that you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. You know, you may not be aware of the fact that what's on Netflix in your country is different from what somebody in, let's say, the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. I just watched a movie called Jolt that sounded interesting to me. It's about a bouncer who lets all of her rage out after her lover is murdered. You can't find it on U.S. Netflix. But with one tap of a button, ExpressVPN sent me to Germany where I was able to watch it, and I never had to leave my house. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows and movies on other streaming services too. It's also super fast, and it works on your phone, laptop, and smart TV, so you can watch on the big screen with no buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services only to get a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at ExpressVPN.com slash Solomonster. And don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN free. That's EXP slash Solomonster. ExpressVPN.com slash Solomonster. Uh we have Fire Panda starting us off here. You get $10 super chat wishing good health to our host. Gives us uh, so much entertainment. Thank you, Fire FirePanda. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, it just, you know, you, you guys heard me and saw me on the stream Monday night. You know, it started out okay. By the end, I was just dying. And uh, I was mostly over it this morning. And now there's, there's something else going on. And I am just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I will have to figure it out. That's my problem. That's not your problem. All right as long as I'm here doing this that's all you need to worry about. Uh we have Jackie Fowler with the $12 super chat. WWE needs Bret Hart to introduce Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber just like he introduced Sami on the May 4th 2015 episode of Raw in Montreal when he answered John Cena's US Open Challenge. I don't think he does. I mean, I I certainly will uh, never argue against the cameo from Bret Hart. You know, and you know Bret's going to get a big ovation in Canada. No matter where it is. But I don't don't think uh, Bret is needed in this spot. I would not want to do anything or send anyone out there that is going to overshadow Sammy's moment. When Sammy debuted, he was a newcomer on the main roster. So they sent the legend out there to basically endorse him right he came out and he got a great reaction Sami Zayn though that was uh, you know God, it was 8 years ago right everybody knows who Sami Zayn is that place is going to be ready to blow when Sami comes out so I actually I would not do anything to dull the reaction I don't think Brett is needed in that spot uh, Mr. E 1976 here's to the tip jar thank you for everything you do Mr. E thank you thank you very much Oh, it's my arm and my chest are killing me. Uh, Bobby's World, 2110, with the $10 super chat. <laughs> uh, after Monday's admittedly terrible be the booker, uh, my girlfriend asked that people stop liking the videos. LOL. <laughs> I do not support this message. Drop an elbow on that like button. Yes, tell you, tell your girlfriend that would be a terrible idea. And I am offended that she would even suggest it. Uh, Crash, is the rat problem as bad as they say it is in New York? It depends what kind of rats you're talking about here. Are you talking about, like, uh, when MJF talks about rats, or are we talking about actual rats? Uh, If you're talking about actual rats, the answer is yes. It is pretty bad. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, whether you are healthy or whether you are unhealthy, you are staying alive, staying alive. Get well soon, Solomonster. Thank you, uh, Doctor. The Doctor is in. I may need a doctor here when we're done on this stream. Uh, Jimmy White had fun at the show. First time in a while since going. Just looking forward to hitting up the casino before I leave. Yeah, they were at the uh, Mohegan Sun tonight. Paul Heyman made reference to it during one of his promos. Uh, Isaac with the uh, three bucks. Eric Bischoff said the bloodline is a far better story than the nwo do you agree that may have been one of the most uh, sensible things i've heard bishop say in a while uh i do agree i do agree And of course you know people are going to pick that apart and they're going to go oh my god how could he say that how can you say that look at how successful the nwo that's not what he was saying he's not talking about business he's not talking about success he was asked a question I believe on his podcast. I don't know if he if he was prompted by Conrad or somebody. Um if you're talking about it as a pure story, uh this story has just so many different layers to it. Uh it's just a better more well-told story. I agree with Eric Bischoff. Uh James Cooper I mean, look, actually, to go back to that for a second, what was the story of the NWO? What was the story of the NWO? It was a, initially, it was a collection of stars who made a name for themselves elsewhere in the rival promotion who were banding together to take over WCW, right? It's a pretty straightforward story. What really got that over was the Hulk Hogan heel turn. Hulk Hogan was the biggest star in the world wrestling-wise. And he had been a babyface for all these years, right? For a decade, decade plus. Going back to his days in the AWA working for Vern. Him turning heel was the gasoline on the fire that the NWO needed. If you put anybody else in that spot, Bret Hart, Sting, Lex Luger, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You might get a few months out of it, but it would peter out. Hogan was the ingredient that they needed. But the actual story of the NWO wasn't really much of a story there. I mean, you had the main story that I just talked about that was it at that point it was just the same shit every week where they're just adding members and watering it down and adding members and adding members it's not like the story really evolved from there I mean eventually they split off we had the wolf pack and the black and white Uh, but no I mean story wise I think Bischoff hit the nail right on the head Uh, James Cooper Bloodline stuff peak level as usual Bischoff said the bloodline is better than the NWO ever was uh, story wise Paul Heyman is just on another level main event slash midcard scene is thriving in WWE Triple Paul is doing a good job Uh, Mr. uh, Ruby Dog Mass Transit the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame that would be a, uh, a posthumous induction, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, that is not going to happen. That's not gonna happen. Rob G, which DX chop, original or X? Real DX fans do the original. Yeah, it's the original. It's the crotch chop. It's the original chop. Fire Panda is Omas in Be the Booker, asking for a friend. No, he is not. EJ Slamp, remember Eric Escobar, the random guy Vicky Guerrero managed between Edge and Dolph for about two weeks. Whatever happened to him, and is he in Be the Booker? He is not in Be the Booker, and I have no idea what happened to him. He just sort of uh, faded away into obsolescence. Rodimus Prime with the 20 bucks. Hey, Rodimus. Thank you, sir. Hearing Michael Cole bury Botchdala is one of the best things on the show. Hit Row has become an instant flop. It is sad, isn't it? It is sad. When the most entertaining part of Hit Row these days is Michael Cole of all... You know, because it's not like Michael Cole is not exactly the cool kid on the block. When Michael Cole is mocking you every single week on Commentary pretty bad. EJ, buy or sell on the better duo, Heyman and Roman or Heyman and Punk? Uh, Heyman and Roman. Uh, Samoan fan, wasn't feeling good Wednesday? Hookers were a bad idea. I wish somebody would have told me about that. Hookers and blow. I know it sounds sexy, but that doesn't always go well together. Samoan fan, 101. Uh, who I just read, so thank you, Samoan fan. Metal rules with the $20 super chat. Metal rules. I love it. A Gilbert WWE Hall of Fame 2024 induction would be the greatest moment in history and have Goldberg induct him. Uh, Goldberg will not do that but I did see Goldberg submitted a video for the great Muda Uh, the two of them worked a tag team match together I think for Wrestle 1 about 20 years ago and uh, with Muda's retirement finally his what is supposed to be the real final final retirement here is coming up in less than two weeks so uh, Goldberg sent in a two and a half minute video uh, clip that I saw Pro Wrestling Noah post on their YouTube channel it was very nice of him to do uh, Paul Hamilton again thank you for the hundy bomb I don't know what else to say man you were uh, unexpected here tonight but I love the run in from Paul Hamilton dropping the $100 yes! super chat yes! Yes! from the Portland Pops yes! yes! I hope things are well over there in Portland you're on the other coast uh, Drew Mackincock. As a S in front of Hit Row, you have my opinion of them. Zachariah with the 1999 Super Chat. Is the wild card rule back from the dead? Since the women's division is mixed up, i.e. Rhea against Charlotte, and does that mean that after the Chamber, will Cody make his first appearance on SmackDown in years? Yeah, I would think Cody will make an appearance... First of all, the wild card rule is non-existent. They haven't made reference to a wild card rule. Vince McMahon, that was a Vince McMahon thing. He's, for now, uh, out of the picture creatively. So there is no wild card rule. It's just Triple H is just mixing people back in. You know, it's one of the reasons why we may not get a draft. I mean, what would be the point? If people are appearing on both shows, you know, anyway. But yeah, I would expect that leading into WrestleMania, we'll, we'll get Cody on SmackDown if you Uh, delicious chicken with flavor. Naughty delicious chicken with flavor. What What makes chicken naughty, I want. Uh, I could not stop watching Natalia. I want a piece of that Canadian pie. Calm down. Delicious chicken with flavor. He wants to put chicken with pie together. It's not Thanksgiving. I don't know. When is Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, Ray Rock. Thoughts on Sammy getting his old theme music back for Elimination Chamber? I think the crowd would pop and sing along, especially in Montreal. Uh, talked about that earlier already. I would love it, uh, but uh, I don't know that they would be allowed to do it. But Sammy seemed like, for you know, it was a one-night thing. He'd be in favor of it. Hey, Ian Israel, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, he has been a channel member for 15 months. Loving the content. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being a member. Memberships are open. I was told uh, last week that memberships, you can now uh, become a member or gift memberships to other people now, even in the mobile app. You were not able to do that before. I believe that has changed. And now if you are on mobile, you can do that. So just be aware of that. Uh delicious chicken with flavors is Sonia DeVille and Chelsea Green. New tag team name should be KWA Karen's with attitudes.
2: Lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
3: lucky in line at the deli, I guess. I in my dentist's office
0: Yeah, I guess they, they, they kind of had an odd couple vibe going on. I, I, you know, I could see that being a team also. If they want to start creating teams for the quote-unquote division, even though there really is no division. Uh, Liquid Sheringan has been a channel member for 10 straight months. You know what that means. That's almost a year. In case you can't count. Thank you, Liquid Sharingen. anti Bishop 7 with the $5 Super Chat. Hey, look at that. Dr. Dakota Scorpio just gifted a channel membership. and The lucky recipient is Deputy Dog. Deputy Dog has been deputized by Dr. Dakota Scorpio. <laughs> hey, Julio, thank you for the $4.99. What a nerd. (laughs) What a a nerd I am. Uh, Anti-Ambishop, Evening Sala Monster. Great hog show last week. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank me. Thank all the talent. They're the ones out there busting their ass. SmackDown was good tonight. Dynamite was a mixed bag. And uh, he says get well soon to Jerry Lawler. All the best. Thank you anti ambition. We will talk about the uh the lawler story and all the other news. Not not a lot of news going on this week. But what news there is, we will talk about that on the podcast on uh, Sunday. It is Super Bowl Sunday too, by the way. So of course, I'm going to have my Super Bowl prediction. You didn't think you were going to get out of a Super Bowl Sunday sound off without me giving my completely irrelevant prediction for the big game on Sunday. You can drop a super chat if you want to and uh include your super, your Super Bowl predictions too if you want. Uh Delicious Chicken is back says Gunther is going to make Emma and her boyfriend cry. That's exactly what's going to happen? Got elimination chamber. Thomas Rondon, I'm sorry your health is way more important than the show. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. I was I was feeling better. I I don't know. I don't know what is going on. But thank you. Naughty Delicious Chicken, the Tribe Chiefs, against the Wing Eagles, on Super Bowl, or Super Brawl, ah, Super Brawl Sunday. Yes, indeed. Uh, Brumakian Productions, I can see some highlights of SmackDown after WrestleMania, after the Bloodline, Gunther, Sheamus, and LA Knight build the show around them. I think the, the future for Gunther is, is the universal title. It's just a matter of when. You know, it could be by SummerSlam. But I think uh, at some point this year, and not the end of the year either, at some point this year, that's the next logical step for him to, uh, to take. Everybody is so hung up on him beating the honky-tonk man's record. Yeah, it would be cool. But, you know, if, if the idea is, well... We can't have him lose until he beats the Honky Tonk Man's record. So, either we won't do the WrestleMania match with Sheamus, or, or Sheamus and Drew, or we will and he'll win, just to get him to break the record. Who gives a shit? The story is Sheamus winning the championship at WrestleMania, and that then frees up Gunther to even bigger things later in the year. Why? Just to just to break the Honky Tonk Man's record? Who cares? If it comes down to one or the other, I don't care about the honky-tonk man. It's the only thing the honky-tonk man has. He doesn't have anything else. He's been crowing about this whole greatest intercontinental champion of all time thing for the last 35 years. Let the man have his stupid streak. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, staying off Twitter for a few days is one way to help deal with the sickness, lol. It does help. Breadheart, can I get a birthday shout-out if you were to be so kind, Mr. Monster? Absolutely. Thank you, Breadheart, and a very happy birthday to you, sir. Uh, DEH Sires, after Mania, Jay should take over the bloodline, leading to Jay against Roman at SummerSlam. Or Money in the Bank. Jay needs to be a solo act for a while. Uh, I'm cool with that I'm cool with the main event Jey Uso run Once the Usos lose their tag team title 600 something days They finally get beaten Uh, That could be a way to extend the bloodline story You know To then shift the focus over to Jey Uso Who finally says enough And you kind of Build it around Roman and and Jey I mean that's There are other directions for them to take the story in uh, and that can definitely be one way. You know, you can go back to, to Jay and Roman, which is how this whole thing started. Right? Bring it back around to that. Alex Jimenez, I'll be turning 23 in 30 minutes. Good to see you, Monster. Well, happy early birthday, Alex. You are now 20 minutes away from uh, age 23. So happy early birthday to you. DEH SIRES, since Sean Ross Sapp pretty much assumes Jay White will be in WWE, who would feud with him first and which brand? I think it should be Styles or Balor. Uh I think Seth Rollins would make for a great uh, I guess doesn't have to be first opponent, but I think, you know, maybe as a first opponent, Seth Rollins and Jay White. I think that's another option. But, you know, Jay White and Balor, Jay White and, and Styles are also fine choices. Depends how they bring him in. You got to bring him in as a heel. Right? You got to bring him in as a heel. So, him and Rollins would seem to make more sense than, let's say, him and Balor. I have a feeling he's going to WWE as well. I don't know what his name is going to be. We should all all start guessing what Jay White's new name is going to be. Because Jay White, if we're being honest, right? Jay White's a pretty basic name. It's like John Smith. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, we're all used to referring to him as Jay White, but if they change the name, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world, but what would they change it to? All right, that's that's the question. Naughty, delicious, chicken with flavor, do you see the Great Khali being inducted into the Hall of Fame in the future? You know, I could I could see that, actually. I could see that. I could see the Great Khali being inducted, former World Heavyweight Champion, and Spent many years in the company Worked with all the top names, right? Worked with Triple H Worked with The Undertaker Kane Shawn Michaels I remember they had a match once I think on TV Batista Right? The whole Punjabi prison match Which is, by the way, one of the stipulations In uh, Be The Booker So, you know, you may laugh and mock But I actually think the great Kali Has a very good chance of going into the Hall of Fame one day And he's he's still very big in India There's a lot of people in India. They have a lot of fans. Big fan base in India. Putting him into the Hall of Fame would probably be a very big deal of it. Uh, Cletus Smith. What's next for Roman after WrestleMania? Well, I kind of like the idea that somebody just mentioned, of picking back up with the Roman Reigns Jey Uso. Uh, But, you know, it, it depends whether he wins or loses. I could see Cody Rhodes losing. It's not a, a foregone conclusion that Cody Rhodes is winning the title of WrestleMania. If they want Roman to get to a thousand days, then where do I what what do I see next for Roman? A thousand days as champion at the end of May. That's what I see for Roman. Uh Rizzo. With the $20 super chat. So doing a brief search about Canada's laws. If it's been more than five years, a person can apply for criminal rehabilitation. Prove the applicant has a clean slate. Jay's last DUI was January of 2018, just over five years ago. There you go. Uh, Julio, congrats on all the success, sir. First meeting between Roman and Cody will be interesting. How would you book their first interaction? Uh, I would have Paul Heyman uh, I would pick his brain frankly and have him kind of plan out the whole thing he seems to do a pretty bang up job with these types of promos yeah they bring up Dusty a lot you gotta be careful because if you just constantly bring up his dad it does get old after a while but I do like what they did on Monday how they weave that with Heyman who has a history with Dusty how they weave that very real story uh, into the storyline here First interaction with Roman and Cody, I mean, you know, Roman would probably, I, I, I would I would almost be shocked if there wasn't a little subtle AEW dig in there you know, about Cody being somewhere else, so, something related to his past in AEW. But I, look, I just want to sit back and enjoy the uh, the show and see what they come up with. I think the first interaction on TV with Cody and Roman is going to be great. Uh, DEH says, you, uh, digging this Soraya and Tony story, he says, I hate it. I think the idea could work. Whatever that segment was in the back with Leva Bates on Wednesday, I thought that came off terribly. I thought that was a, it's the horrible segment. I don't know what that was. Now they're spray painting people. Are they supposed to be some knockoff version of the NWO? I mean, what, what's with the spray paint? Uh, DEH 499 Super Chat. Split the titles after WrestleMania. Send Rollins to SmackDown to win it until he eventually loses it. To Gunther in London or at Summerslam. Uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken says I'm picking the Winged Eagles to win the Super Brawl on Sunday. Liquid Sharingan says, uh, He says, forgot who you are again. Dude, I never forget who I am. I'm the Sala monster, damn it. I never forget. It doesn't matter how foggy my brain might be. I never forget who I am. Dr. Dakota Scorpio, love the Hogwarts game, but F the spiders. I've not played that game, and I will will never play that. I've not seen a single Harry Potter movie. I've not read a single Harry Potter book. I, I, I know Hogwarts is a Harry Potter thing but beyond that I have no idea what you're talking about Jeffrey Hall's been a channel member for 17 months says he enjoyed his one hour of rampage so I think the show is getting better yeah the show, show is still not must see for me but it has its weeks, you know. They you can tell that Tony Khan has made a, a better effort to get some bigger names on the show, but you know, to me, it's still a very missable show. Red emissary of darkness, J. White equals Jason Whitman in WWE. I like that. I like that's a great name. I think Jason is a great name. And Ashley Zarzor with a 4.99 Super Chat. Kali was inducted during the pandemic when Rob Van Dam was inducted. Was he? I have no memory of that. Is the great Kali in the Hall of Fame already, and I just completely blacked out on it? To be honest with you, a lot of the pandemic is just a, a fucking blur to me, so. But you may be right. It may have been at that Hall of Fame that had no fans. I I completely forgot. I guess I guess Kali is in the Hall of Fame. See, so I'm not the only one who doesn't know about this because I got a question asking me if he'll go into the Hall of Fame. So evidently I'm not the only one who didn't realize that he was already in the Hall of Fame. Maybe I just wanted to just block that out of my mind as much as uh, humanly possible. That's also, that's also very likely. I just wanted to forget all about it. It was a ruthless aggression era-based Hall of Fame. All right, well, I guess that I guess that makes sense. So we are at four hundred, roughly four hundred and fifty likes. So thank you for that. It does help out the video a lot uh, when you do hit the like button. It has to do with the algorithm and you know getting the video and the recommended, which is why I ask you to do it. So thank you for that. And uh, as I said, with uh, some of my downtime a few days ago, I was uh, kind of bored. So I decided, let's revamp Be The Booker. Let's take some people out. Let's add some people. Let's add a stipulation Be The Booker as well. I'm not going to do the stipulation thing every week. We'll uh, we'll save that for special occasions. But I think tonight would be a good night to uh, to debut that. So... Let us dive into the brand new season. The season premiere of Be The Booker. Ladies and
2: gentlemen, it is now time to Be The Booker.
0: So here we go. With 455 likes and counting New Year, New Season, same booker. Let's see if uh, our luck our luck might be different. I am hopeful that it, it will uh, be very different than it was in the month of January. So we kick things off here with the men's Be the Booker. As the randomizer is working, it's in overdrive here. We begin with Volta. See, that, that guy on your screen, that's not Gunther. That's Walter. That's who that is. I already like where this is going. Actually, I think that might have been Walter's NXT UK debut, is what that uh, that image is from. So there you go. I like it. We are off to a great start. Great start. With the Lucky Lance you can get lucky
3: just about anywhere.
0: Going one-on-one with The Big Show. Eh, Walter and The Big Show. You know what? Walter's in there. I got to give it the bell. I got to give it the bell. I got to give it the bell. You know, to see Walter pick him up, body slam him, or maybe even try to powerbomb him. I think that would be a fun sight. So now, let's pick a step, shall we? Let's see what kind of match Gunther and The Big Show are going to have. What kind of match do you think? Wait, not yet. (laughs) I've already given it the bell. See, this is is where we get to pick a step. Walter and The Big Show are going to have themselves a Kennel From Hell match. Oh boy. I shouldn't have given the bell. I went to the bell too soon. I went to the bell too soon. I should have waited. Walter and the big show in a kennel from hell match. Oh boy. Oh
1: boy. Well,
0: let's go to the ladies. Yeah. Yeah, Pepper, Pepper. Don't don't remind me. So on the lady's side, we begin with Saray from NXT two point. What has happened to Saray? I, I can even remember the last time I saw her on TV. Saray, wherever she, wherever she is. I believe she's still with NXT. It's gonna be Saray going one on one with Jazz. I'm kind of in the middle on this, so why don't we? Uh, we'll 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 go to the match types here. We'll let the match types decide. Let's see what kind of match type it should be. Jazz, a former WWE Women's Champion, against Saray, and it will be a stretcher match between Jazz and seray I give that the bell, right back in her day, Jazz was sort of the. Uh, you know, she was sort of the final boss of the uh, of the division there for a little while. And Saray, you know, if you let Saray go out there and do her thing, Saray's very good. She's got that running knee strike in the ropes that looks devastating. Did a whole angle around it once in NXT where she uh, supposedly broke Mandy Rose's face. There you go. A stretcher, man. This is quite the card I'm putting together here. Walter and the Big Show in a Kennel from Hell match. And Saray against Jazz in a stretcher match. This is a very interesting. Let's go to the tag teams. Let's round it out. See how we do here. We begin with the Hardy Boys. Matt and Jeff Hardy. <coughs> oh my goodness. Those are the old Raw tag team titles. Matt and Jeff Hardy. All right, Mutt and Jeff, let's see who they're going to be getting into the ring with. Matt and Jeff are going to be taking on the New Day. I'm going to give that the bell now. I don't even need to wait for the stipulation. That's a main event match right there. Well, let's see. Let's pick a stip anyway. Hardys and New Day are going to have themselves... Oh boy, you put Jeff Hardy in a scaffold match? You are just asking, asking for trouble. Can you imagine Jeff Hardy, what he would want to do? Maybe not Jeff Hardy these days. I'm talking Jeff Hardy back when his body wasn't completely wrecked. Jeff Hardy in a scaffold match sounds like it could be, uh, that could be very, very bad. But Anyway, that gives you a little taste little taste of the new Be the Booker. Yeah, we're not going to do the steps every uh, every episode. But uh, when we're looking to build our own little, uh, you know, Saturday Night's Main Event type of thing, our own little themed episode of Be the Booker, we can go with the steps see what we land on. There's 31 different match stipulations to choose from. Uh, is Jeff... Uh, is Jeff in jail? No. Uh, should be, but no, he is not. Uh, naughty, delicious chicken with flavor. The Good Sons scenario. Save one, let the other one go. Sami Zayn or Orange Cassidy? Uh, I'm saving Sami Zayn. That's my choice. Sami Zayn is fantastic. So, sorry to uh, Mr. Cassidy, but we gotta get. Go, we gotta go with Sammy in that stipulation. Yeah, it was, it was a it better be the Booker than some of the ones we've done recently, but we could do better. We could do better. Hey, Anthony, Anthony Dominic, what's going on? It's good to hear from you, Yashiru. Thank you. Have a good night. What is my wrestling memory? I, I don't know what you mean. My wrestling memory. I have a good memory for wrestling. I don't know what memory you're referring to. And Rizzo coming in, coming in hot here at the end of the stream, dropping 20 bucks. Rizzo, thank you. Rizzo has been all over the stream tonight. Uh, Interesting idea I thought of since I'm one of 10 people watching NXT. Booker talks a lot of crap about the New Day. What if it's an angle to have Harlem Heat face them at stand and deliver? Uh, Good night, Solo, and Chat. Uh, that is not the plan. I am I, I have not watched NXT yet from Tuesday. So I could be wrong. Maybe New Day was on the show on Tuesday. But my assumption was that Vengeance Day was pretty much going to be... Like, once they dropped the belt, that was pretty much going to be it for the New Day. Um, But even if the New Day are going to stick around for a little while longer... Booker just said on his podcast that he thinks he's done. He, he thinks he's retired. The Royal Rumble was going to be his final in-ring appearance, at least in WWE. That was going to be his final in-ring appearance. So uh, there will be no Harlem Heat match uh, WrestleMania weekend. Would be a cool match, but not going to happen. Booker Booker is done. Booker is retired. Uh, Uffman says stipulation should be on pay-per-view reviews. Do you agree? I I think that would probably make sense. I think that might make sense. We have a pay-per-view coming up next Saturday, so I'd consider that. That, uh, I think that would make sense. Uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken, what is your thought on WWE, NXT, and AEW wrestlers being hit with visa issues? yeah, it's not just them. I mean there there are wrestlers from the uh, Mexican promotions and other promotions who I don't know what it, I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of people dealing with visa issues, even Kenny Omega uh, missed a few weeks of TV because he was dealing with visa problems. so uh, Dragon Lee, we have not seen him yet on WWE television. He's dealing with visa issues. I don't know. I think they should all switch to American Express. Here you go. I'm here all night. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, it's good to be back in the saddle. Hopefully, there will be no more missed uh, streams again I, I I was feeling better now. I'm not feeling so great. I don't know I don't know why, but we'll figure it out. We'll see how we feel tomorrow. but the uh, podcast should be a go. Sunday, that'll be episode 795, and uh, should be back here live on YouTube, as always, with you on Monday night, talking about the Go Home Raw, uh, right before the Elimination Chamber. Of course, next weekend, we'll have live coverage of the Elimination Chamber as soon as the pay-per-view is over, right here on the channel, Uh, but that's next weekend, so I uh, I will tell all you guys, I'll remind all of you next week so you guys are well aware of it. And uh before I guess before we leave, yeah, you know, maybe maybe, you know, he's been down on his luck lately. You know, and I, I almost feel bad for for burying him the way that I did earlier when I was making reference to what happened on on Monday night. So before we head out, I just think it would be appropriate to say hello and say goodbye to uh one of the new characters here on the streams. You're all very familiar with the Strowman Express, but of course In any good circus, you have more than one clown. So everybody say goodnight to Corbin the Clown. He's been very down on his luck lately. I almost feel bad for the guy. So I figured, you know, let's send him on out for a curtain call here before we we head out. There he is. Corbin the Clown. Uh, God of Seduction. Just dropped a $28 Super Chat. Look at this. Cody Rhodes has some deep bags like CM Punk. What is going on? Well, the man's been running around doing media. He was at the, I guess, there's some kind of Star Wars, or not Star Wars, but Star Trek television show or movie or something. I know he was on the red carpet the other day. He's been all over the place. Probably not getting enough sleep. I know that feeling.
2: Tsunami! <laughs> the Tsunami Splash!
0: There you go. I forgot all about that. That's one of our new Super Chat. The new $28 Tsunami Splash Super Chat. Good old Bronson Reed. Hey, uh, God of Seduction, thank you. Much love to you, my friend. Alright, that's enough. that's enough fun for one night. I'm going to get out of here. Have a great weekend. And don't forget, Sunday, brand new podcast. That'll be episode 795. So until then, be well. Stay safe. I will try not to uh, piss off MJF going forward. And uh, I'll see you back here live on the streams on Monday night for Raw. Until then, take care, guys.